Hey, Dinks! Welcome to Dennis in the Know. This is your backstage pass for current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. With me is Dr. Jennifer Bell. You know her as JB and Dr. Chad Duplantis. We are all practicing dentists, we are all educators, and we are all business owners. Our job is to bring all of you in the know. Hey gang, it is another Wednesday. That means it's another hump day. And you know what that means? That means it's time for Hump Day Howie Hour. Happy Howie Hour. Happy Hour with Dennis in the Know. This is your backstage pass for current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. As always, it is live. It is over a glass of wine or your favorite cocktail. And you know the routine around here. Uh, I am uh, accompanied by my great friends, Dr. Chad Duplantis and Dr. Jennifer Bell. We are all educators, we are all dentists, and we are all business owners. Our job is to bring all of you in the know. Tonight, we've got a great show. We actually just got off. We're a couple of minutes late getting started because we were on an interview um, for Dental Economics with our guest tonight, Pam Ragliano Muniz, and she'll be joining us in just a little bit. But for right now, I want to bring up my good buddy, Dr. Jennifer Bell, and my good buddy, Dr. Chad Duplantis. How's it going, guys? Dang it. Hey, hey, hey. When you said good buddy, I was going to go ahead and say, you mean best buddy? Best buddy. Yeah. Was that was like, only while Chad he wasn't here. <laughs> you might be he wasn't Jeff. here. I love you, man. You know, you got a little bit of a Ted Cruz thing going on there, Chad. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize how great it was until I actually got into the camera. I was like, holy crap, Ellen's right. I should shave it. Yeah, if if that gets a little woolly, or you know, you could be like, "I'm Ted Cruz." Okay, I'll introduce our guest. Our guest is an amazing advocate for dentistry. I guess that's just the best way to put it. She's a former hygienist. She is a dentist. She is a prosthodontist. She has an amazing team. She runs a witch hunt in Salem, Massachusetts, on a regular basis. She's got the most interesting last name in the world. Uh, she is, all kidding aside, she's an amazing person, and we're just honored to have her here. So, Pam, thank you for being here. Hey, Pam, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hi. She froze like this. She froze <laughs> doing her queen wave, like, hello, I'm Elsa. Hi. That was by design. I always yeah. freeze in such an unfortunate way. It's like... <laughs> you know and every one of those makes instagram <laughs> it is the truth they really do it's like logan it, it i uh, so one of the girls that helps us with our video editing it never fails i'll scroll on instagram to see our latest one i'm like oh god Oh, oh. JB like, smells poop. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jeff Rose. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Pam, how are you? I'm just going to sit here like this the whole time. Yeah. I'm how good. You, how you doing up there in Salem? I'm all right. Yeah. Doing pretty well. 
Yeah, things things are good. So uh, tell us, we we have a lot to cover tonight, but you got to ask us some really interesting questions earlier, and I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but I'm going to ask you, how did you get started with dental economics? Oh my gosh. I think it was just sort of luck more than anything else. Um, so I was with the publisher with Endeavor Business Media. I was the editor of DentistryIQ.com and I was the editorial director for the Dental Academy of CE. And when Chris Salerno decided to move on to TEND, um, my name came up. And they were probably like, she's a sucker. She'll probably say yes to this job. And here we are almost a year and a half later. Well, that's that's awesome. And I mean, it's just such a powerful publication. And, and you know, um, I had a sneak peek at what you're planning for, you know, this year and beyond. You want to uh, tell our listeners what's what's what dental economics has in store for a while or can you or? Oh, I can do that. Yeah. So it's actually really fun and it's definitely a different thing that I've ever done before. I'm involved in every aspect of the publication from planning the content to trying to solicit contributors, editorial advisory board, um, cover art, you know, you name it. I'm While kind we're of on that topic, how many covers will, will I be on this year? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're wearing. Okay. All right. I'm just kidding. Um, you, you just, just wait. We've got like- pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to get on the cover, so basically um, to get a cover call out. So we usually have art that's consistent with the theme of the issue. And so if there's an article that's kind of consistent with the theme, usually we'll call it out on the cover to feature the topic. So um you know, April is coming up. That is the productive dental team when there's an inadequate amount of team members out there. So um, we've got a wellness issue coming, women and diversity in dentistry. Um, and we also have clinical topics. Um, one of my favorite months of the year is February. And our February issue just dropped. I think it's available online now. And that is cosmetic dentistry. And I even got Newton Fall to write for me. Like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I try to get my heroes to write for me every February. And um, so far, so good. So we'll see. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what is, uh, would you say, so if if February is kind of a clinical issue, but the re- the vast majority of dental economics is obviously focused on the business of dentistry, correct? Yes. And And how some of these clinical situations can impact you financially. Is that a fair, fair statement? Yeah. So I feel like one thing that I feel very strongly about, and I don't know if you want to call it a bias or maybe it's a fact, I don't know. I don't think you can have a good business if you don't provide good care, you know? And so I feel that, you know, if there's content that's going to help to promote positive outcomes or, you know, um, you know, more efficiency or proper handling of materials, that's only going to help your business. So I love the idea of mixing some clinical in with practice management, because after all, we are dentists. Mm -hmm. And what improves the bottom line is good clinical care. 
Most definitely. And your online reputation, how you're perceived by your patients, trying to get new referrals. I mean, it's all intermingled. So I really feel that there's no reason why clinical shouldn't be in there. We do have actually a practice and a science and tech section in every magazine. So there is clinical content in every magazine, but from a theme perspective, I usually try every quarter to throw a clinical theme in there. Yeah. I mean, isn't it the same for any business? I mean, good product, good service, good business. I mean, you you cover those. It really doesn't matter whether you're fixing air conditioners or fixing teeth or fixing hearts. It, it just it makes no difference. If you can offer those three things, I, I think you're you're almost destined to be successful by whatever by whatever standards you deem successful, whether it's being ultra profitable or ultra respected, right? Most definitely. And even um, one of my favorite issues from last year, I think it was August, was bringing in new services into your practice. So you already have this cohort of patients that are your patients. And say you're trying to level up your bottom line, learn a new thing, learn a new skill and bring it into your existing patient base that already trusts you and they know you and they like you and they know that you're a good dentist. So you're not recreating the wheel. And that's a great way to increase your revenue without other than learning a new skill and getting comfortable and training your team, which is obviously not a small feat, depending on what the endeavor is. That's a great way to increase your profitability in your practice without having to do any major heavy marketing or bring in a million new patients. Pam, how do you stay, how do you keep your pulse on you or collectively dental economics as a, as a group? How do you keep your pulse on both the current things that will help lift up or educate or inspire clinicians to do, you know, different things in their practice, but then also forecasting and looking forward to understand economic landscape and how do you help prepare doctors? What's, how do you keep your pulse on, on the ground essentially? You know, I feel like, I mean, for starters, I'm a practice owner, so I'm just like every other dentist out there. So the struggles that I have, I'm pretty sure other people have a similar situation going on. So I feel If it's relevant to me and if it's something that's going to help my practice, it's got to be able to help somebody else's practice. And so we're all kind of going through the same things. And I think paying attention to what's going on out there. So I read magazines. I read journals. Obviously, you scope out what's going on on social media, hang out with you guys. I mean, I think just sort of being around, going to conferences, you'll kind of get a sense of what's going on and where the trends are. But obviously, there's certain things that are just so in your face a problem right now, like staffing and inflation and some of the economic issues that are going on that, you know, you'd be crazy not to cover them and try to offer some semblance of a solution. I think so. Speaking of wit, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Chad. No, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of we've talked about social media. We've talked about business decisions. We've talked about you know, dental economics, what are your thoughts on, you know, there's a lot of promotion or conversation on social media where people are just throwing out, uh, asking for business suggestions, offering business advice. What are your thoughts on that? 
How long do we have? I know. As long I as you know. need. I, I, I kind of thought you might I've like this, this topic. I've got this much man. wine left. Yeah, we're good. So we have five minutes. Okay. <laughs> She's quick, man. She can hang. She can hang. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, uh, can you pour some in there? That would be so cool if you could make that happen. Thanks, man. <laughs> we have to work on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have that to figure be... that one out. Oh, my gosh. You need a Richard. Yeah. Anyway. I do Rich. Where's Rich? Meatloaf. <laughs> we need the meatloaf now. <laughs> He's going to be like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So asking business advice on social media. I find you can ask anything on social media. I mean, do it. Ask a question that you know what the answer is. Like, you know what, like, what the fact is in your heart and soul. Throw it out there and you're going to get a whole gamut of answers that are out there. Some are super relevant and, and accurate and some are just like, what? So I think that, you know, a lot of times when, if you reach out to social media for something specific, like business advice, career advice, some of the information you'll get might be relevant to your situation, but some of it might be so far out of left field that it's just wrong or it could be detrimental to your situation. You know, I feel like there's a lot of really great resources out there and not to plug DE, but I have to say, I've never read DE more than I do now, obviously. Um, but I can say that the contributors are incredible and some of the coaches and the financial people and, you know, the, uh, you know, the consultants and the dentists that are contributing to DE are legit. And I can tell you in the year and a half of me being editor, the practice owner that I was a year and a half ago versus who I am now are two totally different people. And I have to attribute that to DE. And one of the craziest things out there is it's free. It's free to subscribe to the magazine. It's free to subscribe to our, our digital magazine. So I don't see why that, you know, people don't reach out and get that is freaking awesome right there. That's enough. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just feel like the resources are out there and you can get some great advice. A lot of our contributors are super approachable. You know, I just, I don't know. I think that there's a lot to be said for just, you know, reading information and reaching out to people that actual that actually are experts in that arena. Hey, Dinks podcast listeners. You love the sound, but you miss seeing our lovely faces. Be sure and join us on our weekly Facebook live or on our YouTube channel at Dentist in the Know. We'd love to have you subscribe and be with us at all times everywhere. I, I want to say that you are a hundred percent right. And there was something that popped up today. And one of the biggest problems that I see too, is that somebody asks a legitimate business question on social media, and then some, you know, what has to come in and just bash the question. Is it insecurity? I don't care, but you know, especially when somebody posts anonymously, that to me is saying, Hey, 
I don't have the courage. I don't have the gusto. Maybe I'm embarrassed by this, but I really want to ask a legitimate question. And then somebody's got to just come in and just lay down the law. And this is the way that it is. Drop the mic. I'm out. Don't respond to the, you know, the replies or anything like that. But people can just really get bashed and it can really hurt somebody in getting not necessarily the wrong advice, but just really unbacked advice and just purely biased advice. So, And it's taking advantage of the vulnerability of the person asking a question. Like you can't ask a question anymore. It's crazy. And so I don't know. I just think that there's something to be said, like you guys have done, to create a community of people that hopefully don't feel like they have to be anonymous and know that they can ask a question without getting destroyed for having a question. And, you know, I feel like, I mean, gosh, I mean, you guys know how it is when you have close friends, you ask questions, you tell them stories, the good, bad, and the embarrassing. And I mean, we all have those stories, not that you have to throw them out there on social media, but I feel like, you know, they're not reaching out because they already know the answer. They're reaching out because they have a concern and we're not taught in dentistry, dental school to be business people. We're sort of, you know, you buy a practice, you're kind of learning on the fly. Hopefully there's a mentor that you have available. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't get along with the person I bought my practice from at all. So I sort of bought it and was like, let's see what happens. <laughs> and it's, you know, and I've just tried to do things the way, you know, treat people the way I want to be treated, treat my patients like their family, like do all the things that I believe that you're supposed to do, but also hope that at the end of the day, the practice is profitable. That's not a great plan. But you know what, though, in the business that we're in, I'm a firm believer that if you do what you just said, the business is going to come. You know, you, you, you really have to be you have to be a manager of money at that point in time, because if you treat people correctly, you're going to get the business. You have to just be able to ask, receive, collect and apply appropriately. And I think that, you know, you're going to build it. You're going to build it well. Uh, you may not be the best business person. I'd have no clue. You probably are incredible, better than me. But, you oh, know, definitely. if you have those principles, I think that there's a lot to be said for that. And a lot of people don't. Well, I think that sometimes, I mean, a lot I mean, I can be completely honest with you. I mean, a lot happened to me during the pandemic. So it was the first time that I had time to just sort of sit back and reflect. You know, we're always like seeing patients and making decisions and doing all the things and, you know, getting through the week, the month, the year and and not really having that time to sit back and really think about, is this the practice I imagined? Is my reality kind of the fantasy that I had back when I bought my practice in 2014. And I realize if I have to now not work for three months, crazy things are going to happen. But I realized I wasn't happy. And the vision that I had for my practice and what my practice was in reality were like two totally different things in the worst way. And I just sort of like had this, my own little come to Jesus moment with myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of apologizing for who I am. And I'm tired of making myself so uncomfortable for the comfort of the team around me that aren't even performing the way I want them to perform. And so I decided to get rid of my entire clinical team during the pandemic. 
And it was just like, and if patients aren't here for me, then you're not here for my practice and you can go somewhere else. And what was so interesting is that I surrounded myself with people that had a similar vision and a similar goal and a similar level of drive and caring for patients. And my practice has like blown up since. And I just think, gosh, I wish I just had that trust in myself. I don't know, like six years ago, you know, or, you know, nine years ago at this point. But I, you know, I think that when you're a new practice owner, you're just sort of trying to get by and trying not to lose patients and trying to, you know, not lose staff and do all of those things where you could lose yourself. And I think that, yeah, I think like starting with a vision and starting with what your mission is and surrounding yourself with those that will support it will set you up for success. I I don't even know, Pam, that it's even a thing of, of being, you know, newer in it as much as it is, you know, I always say, you know, being a dentist is like owning a McDonald's and also being the guy in the back flipping the burgers or the gal in the back flipping the burgers. You know, you're you're flipping the burgers the whole time. And while you're flipping the burgers, you got to make sure that the people on the registers are ringing it up right. And while you're doing that, you got to oversee all the payments and the loans and the, and that the building is staying clean. And, and so it's really hard to ever get that kind of perspective until you actually have some, some time off. You know, I mean, you can say that now, but I, I don't know if it's that you didn't have the business prowess or that you weren't being true to yourself. It's just that we're so busy as Dennis flipping the burgers, metaphorically, but that's what we're doing the whole time. And it's just so hard to have that introspective time to really say, am I getting everything I want out of this practice? It's so true. And I guess it really depends on, there's a few different ways you can think about it. You can think about it from a clinical approach, a business approach, staffing, HR, I mean, financial, whatever it is. But yeah, I think that, you know, taking that time, it's, I I really think it's important. I mean, gosh, we all were off for two, three months, depending on what state you're in. And we're all still standing, thankfully, you know, taking that time and really reflecting and, and, you know, making sure that this endeavor, I mean, for most of us, it's the biggest investment we'll ever make. So I think we need to introduce dental sabbaticals. I, I really think that, and I'm not saying, I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also kind of not joking because I think we all need a little bit of that introspective time to say, you know, okay, here's where I am because I've made so many decisions on the fly, you know, and, and because you've had to. And, and so I, I really think that that could be a healthy thing. And, and something maybe we ought to talk about is, you know, is it smarter to schedule, you know, like some people talk about three weeks on, longer weeks, take a full week off to really sit down and focus and think and, and, and pay attention to your business. Because a half a day here or a Saturday there doesn't really cut it. Yeah, that's that's true. And I think that, uh, you know, the 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 pandemic really just provided us a lot of introspect, you know, and um, and and it's all in how we used it. But I would say that we all came back more charged 
than yeah. we've ever been in our I mean, careers. Yeah. Because yeah. here we are, we're not just coming out of school where it doesn't matter if we make $25,000 or you know $50,000. We came out like, holy crap, we got to catch up, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were rested, we were charged, we were ready to go. And our patients were too, you know? Absolutely. I think, I, you know, it's kind of weird that I say it this way, but I identify with being a dentist. And when that was taken away, even for a temporary period of time, and I always have other jobs. It's not like I didn't have other things to do. I shot a million videos for Dentistry IQ at the time, but I wasn't treating patients. And there was a loss there. There was something. There is a loss. I remember now, I don't give two, you know, what's about football. Um, <laughs> and I remember my first emergency patient. I was like, so what do you think Tom Brady's doing? And I'm like trying to hold a conversation about the Patriots just because it was a patient on the phone. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that, you know, um, there's something to be said for, you know, really valuing what we do. And, you know, I promised myself I would never take it for granted ever again. You know, I know sometimes we wake up and don't really want to go to work or we're tired or whatever. Um, but I also really wanted to make the environment that I work as special as it could be for myself, my team and my patients. Hey, Jeff. Apparently, it's come to our attention that you and I suck at the news. Yeah, Chad, um, I've actually kind of known that for a while. And and that's why what we've had to do is give people more of what they really deserve, which is more JB. So we actually have a segment now called News on the Go with Dennis in the Know. In fact, I like the idea of JB's News on the Go with Dennis in the Know. So stay tuned for that. It's its own podcast. I'm really excited about it. And guess what? There's no Chad and Jeff. I like normalizing the sabbatical. I think it does so many things. You can, you know, being able to take that time to to learn, onboard new things. I can actually give it the time and attention it needs to get it onboarded successfully in your practice. You want to Bring on a, I, I brought 3D printing in during COVID because that was a time I could dedicate towards learning the technology and be successful at it. Um, but also just because mental health is so challenging in our field and we continue to see story after story of folks uh, taking their own lives under, you know, different circumstances, but you, you can't help but wonder how much the pressure of what we do on the hamster wheel we're on on a continual basis without taking that reset time, mental health time, even if it's just to cook or do hobby gardening or whatever it is that helps you sort of escape from the demands of the day to day that we do. I think we should make that a more comfortable space to be okay and, and have patients be okay for the, for just their own doctor's well-being as well. That's what Jeff and I were doing during the pandemic. We were cooking and hobby gardening. I knew it. Exactly. And Pam, we shot some videos of our own. We just can't talk about them publicly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Remember that one, Jeff? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the humanity. (laughs) 
Pam, I'm open to new podcasts. If you have any that you want me to jump to, I'm happy to I know I was going to say, that's a big job for you. This is managing these two. It's like wrangling time. So what, what do oh, you see as, as coming that. next for, for dental economics? Where, where do you see things going? I mean, we've, we've been in the big shutdown. We got into, you know, a lot of social media and vir- virtual learning and, and, you know, what are, what are your goals for, for dental economics? Where do you see things going in the future? Jeff, you didn't hear that you and I were just hired by dental economics to do their video shoots. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, you totally are. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> we pay really I don't well. think you have enough liability insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to take a hell of a law team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. going to see them. We can't show them. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, where's DE going? Well, I can say a few things. Um, you know, there's this push right now about DSOs and what does that mean? And are we all going to sell our practice to a DSO and get these multiples of EBITDA and all of this? And the answer is probably not, depending on your practice. And so I think one thing um, we're starting to put more and more information out about there is about DSOs and what that looks like and what those partnerships can be. They're not all horrible. They're not all terrible for patients and for staff. Um, Some of them can actually be quite good. So I, you know, I think trying to help people navigate what that looks like, I think is really important. We have um, a pod, uh, I'm sorry, we have our conference coming up, which is really exciting in October. Um, that conference is called the Secrets of Successful Dentists for Creating Wealth. So I thought it was important for us to figure out what we should do with our money. You know, I feel like so many patients think we have all this money and some people do and some people don't, but nobody, I mean, not everybody knows what to do with it. And dentists retire about airplane, airplane. Airplane. That's a great investment. That's the only reasonable thing I can see. Most definitely. Yes, I agree. Oh, and timeshares. Mm -hmm. Airplanes and timeshares. Absolutely. Yes. You heard it here. <laughs> Jeff has owned both. For so. the absolute worst advice, go to Dinks. <laughs> and crypto uh, from my uh, Instagram. Put it all in. You know, sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, you know, dentists, it's actually crazy. There's a, there's a few statistics that are actually kind of horrible. One is 4% of dentists retire financially free which is terrible. That's crazy. And, wow. Yeah. And we tend to retire about eight years after the average American. So like, why? And what can we do about that? And I feel like, you know, it's never too late to start thinking about your future. And I also thought that it was important to talk about it. And so our conference is really all about that, helping people get a legit plan going and get some skills so that they can harness their wealth so that they can retire someday, whether you're two years out or 30 years out, you know, that this is something that we have to focus on. You know, you bring up a really good point and I'm going to go back just a little bit. I I love everything that you talked about, but you mentioned DSOs and that is just such a hot topic right now. Do you 
you don't have to name anybody on the show, but do you have somebody that you would recommend that might be good to speak to our audience about DSOs and, and, you know, maybe somebody who's not necessarily affiliated with them, but understands them as to what's good, what's bad, what to look for, what, what to look out for. Absolutely. I have a few people. So why don't we talk offline and see what angle you'd like to take with it? Maybe all the angles and you can invite them to come on. I'm sure they'd be really happy to share that. I would, I would love that. I think that's just such a hot topic right now. And I, I think, you know, there's, there's so much emotion over that, that acronym that it's just crazy. There is. And I think there's a lot of misconception. A lot and I of misconception mm-hmm. <laughs> about EBITDA. A lot of, oh, about EBITDA, yeah, forget yeah. it. Um, well, uh, but DSOs, also, but, but EBITDA in particular, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this whole concept of, you know, regardless of the size of your practice, you're just going to be able to sell to a big DSO and make all this money and, you know, live high on the hog. And that's not the case. And not every practice is a candidate to be partnering with a DSO. There's certain criteria that most of them are looking for. So, you know, um, if that's one of your goals, then you have to prepare for that. You can't just sort of, you know, go through your career and hope for the best, you know, and um, you need to, you need to certainly create goals and plan for that and have, you know, a pretty sweet package for them to want to take over your practice. Yeah, I, I like it's funny. I have an interesting. I'm sorry, Jennifer. Go ahead. No, go finish. No, no. Um, so I, I just have an interesting perspective that I really see a big opportunity coming again for the private practitioner, for the independent practitioner, for the small group, for the people that really don't fit into that mold of selling to a DSO. I I think that there's a recipe for many of us who who really don't want to ever fit that mold or yeah I mean it it's not as easy as it sounds. You don't just call up a DSO and say, "Hey, here's my practice. You know, come buy it." Okay, great. We're going to give you eight times EBITDA and you know, you're going to live happily ever after and retire a rich person. No, I mean, there's a lot of stipulations that come along with that. You're going to have to work for so long. You're going to have to, you know, commit so much time to them. And and you're going to have to be an employee and you're going to have to conform to a lot of the things that fit into that corporate entity. And, and what I really think is that with all the push and all the movement towards corporate dentistry, I think we have created this vacuum now for just really great small groups and independent practitioners to really thrive because there's always going to be that market that recognizes that and still wants that real, you know, um, person to person uh, relationship based type of practice. That is very true. So last year's conference, Roger Levin spoke, and he was forecasting that reimbursements, even from premier third-party payers, is on the decline. And after enough time, basically, 
reimbursements are all going to be pretty consistent with that of a PPO. Many of us hear that and we're sort of a little jarred by it and we're a little upset and maybe a little angry when you hear something like that. But that business model can work for some practices. And so that could work. But you did say something that was really important and the word was great. So the one place where I think people will thrive is if you have the business model that's consistent with you know, participating in a lot of PPOs and you can you know, drill them and fill them and make that work. And that works for some people, but then there'll also be the smaller, more boutique practices and you have to make your practice stand out and be special. The practices that are going to struggle are kind of the middle of Mm -hmm. those. Not quite a PPO practice, not quite a boutique practice, but kind of live in the land of mediocrity. They're going to struggle. So now's an opportunity to really make your practice stand out, whether it means leveling up your clinical skills, maybe dropping the crappy PPOs or something like that, but really making your practice be different and really stand out and special so that you will weather these things and you can thrive when you've got DSOs around every corner of your, you know, in your location. Hey, Dinks. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast today. Remember to rate and review your favorite podcasts. Subscribe and enjoy what you like or it goes away. Tabby, I'm sorry. I cut you off before. So, uh, no, it was a fantastic discussion. Uh, and I just wanted to applaud Pam as well. We hear a ton about, uh, new dentists, dental school debt, and you know, all the challenges for those coming into the profession, but I love DE's renewed focus on those in the profession and what their financial journey looks like as they navigate that. And, you know, I don't think collectively as a profession, we spend enough time educating, informing, empowering, giving great tips and feedback to those who are, you know, my age, Chad's age, Jeff's age, and even younger than I am on how to strategically work their business to their advantage, work their investments to their advantage, plan for that retirement and that selling your practice is not going to be the way that you will retire. And and how do you start running your small business like a a true business that will see you from the beginning of your career to the end? So I just wanted, I really was just going to applaud you for a renewed focus for those who who are actively in the trenches needing support. Thank you. I appreciate that. And honestly, that type of content is for everybody. Right. You know, you know, that's it right. really don't start early enough. I remember no. in dental school, they're like, oh yeah, you're, you know, already what, 27 years old. You're behind the, the game at this point. Like, behind the game. I don't even have an income. You okay, Chad? So uh, that was a good, <laughs> too big a pour for Do me. Do y'all just Jeff. have an earthquake after the ice storm? <laughs> I was wondering. Yes. <laughs> I got, yeah, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, we're taught that in dental school, like you're already late to the game to save for retirement, but we're not at that point in our lives where we feel like we can. And also, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel the same way as I did when I was in high school. So I'm like, what do you mean? I'm going to, I'm going to retire someday. Like I'm too young for that, which is not true, but it's how I feel. So I think that, you know, the sooner you can prioritize that, the easier your future is going to be. So 
you know, I feel like if a new dentist even gleans a little bit of advice here, it's that you should be thinking about how to set some money aside, start thinking about retirement, think about investments, you know, a 401k is not going to get you very far anymore. It's not the only way to go. And so there's other things that are probably going to be, you know, a bigger part of your plan that will help you retire when you want to, not when you have to. Not to mention that's all taxable when it comes out. And you've got to really think Mm -hmm. about that. You know, it's, you know, yeah, whatever it is that you're going to be pulling out. I mean, yeah, maybe your tax rate will be a little bit lower than what it is now, but it's still going to take a significant chunk out of what it is that you're taking out. Well, I'm just banking on social security. I'm banking on my airplane, just bringing in a ass ton of money. <laughs> and I'm banking Man. on Bitcoin. So air, air, Airplanes. Crypto and <laughs> cars, man. I think that's a that's lecture. I think that is a lecture title. Airplanes. It's kind of surprising that we weren't asked to give. It's really surprising we weren't asked to give the keynote for that conference. <laughs> yeah. We have really good advice. Uh, hey guys, we are over. I know Pam is tired. Uh, I know for a fact that we're going to have Pam back on again. Before we go, could we get another shot of Senorita? She left. That little. Oh, mm, dang here, it. this is what she looks like. Though. Oh, there, there you senorita. go. She is, All yes. right, and can well, we finally get that meatloaf from Rich? <laughs> he left too. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Well, Pam, we look forward to seeing you in Chicago. And we're going to carry this conversation on to... A couple months down the road, we'd love to have you back if you would be willing to do so. Anytime. Say the word. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we'll go ahead and and close it out. And I guess with that, I will just say that uh, the push for Dennis to the Know will always be airplanes, timeshares, and And crypto. With those three investments, you can be set for life. Forget your 401k, add in a little social security and you'll be just fine. Yeah. So there's a get anyhow, rich everybody. quick scheme in Disclaimer, there. I don't, I don't this is bad advice. Prosperity yeah, for that, anyone. That, that was actually a joke. Uh, all kidding aside, <laughs> while we are still working, remember, treat people like you want to be treated. Give them the best care possible. Work for their loyalty and their trust. And just do the best you can. And that will serve you for years to come. And that is the truth. So with that being said, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Pam, Jeff, JB. Great seeing you all. And until next week, we'll see you again. Good night, gang. Good night. Good night, everybody. And that wraps up another podcast for Dennis in the Know. On behalf of Dr. Jennifer Bell, Dr. Chad Duplantis, and myself, remember that we've got a great profession, so let's make it a great day, dinks.